I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is Betting Across America here on VSEN. Happy to be with you. And today we are legitimately across America. I'm Jeff Parles here in Vegas. Mark Zinno hosting along with me today on the East Coast in the, uh, the Atlanta area. Mark, pleasure is always happy to have you along for the ride today. Jeff, always great to be here, man. Exciting time of year. We get football kicking off on uh, on Thursday night with the Hall of Fame game, so we are officially back in football season and uh, down the home stretch for Major League Baseball, brother. Mark, did you bet the, the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night? I, I, I did. Sadly, I did. I, I took the Raiders and laid the two and a half, so I was pleased oh. with the outcome. I mean, look, here, here's here's one angle I take when it comes to preseason. I always, Rookie head coaches, right? And, and I know it was two sort of, they're not rookie head coaches, but first-year head coaches. You know, with guys like McDaniels and Peterson. But anytime I get a first-year head coach, especially a first-time head coach, they always have this desire to want to prove themselves every single time out. Uh, and McDaniels is a guy that, you know, you get the sense that he reads headlines and he hears what people say and he puts it all in this, like, little mental bank in the back of his head. And he's ready to stick it to everybody uh, to prove to the world that his last tenure as a head coach in Denver was was not what he really is. And so I just get a sense that some of those guys push more motivation than others on their teams to be better in games that don't matter. Uh, plus the Jaguars stink. So uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson is going to fix that in one year. Uh, and still Trevor Lawrence has got a long way to go. And even though Derek Carr didn't play, I still had a lot more weapons on, on the Raiders than I did on anything else. So, and I'm, I've been backing the Raiders. I backed them last year in their win total and to make the playoffs. And I hit, I'm doing it again this year. I'm all over this Raiders team. You and I both Mark, uh, we'll, we'll get to some NFL talk uh, in, in a few moments here, but of course, the biggest event of the day today, at least stateside, of course, uh, English Premier League soccer and all the international soccer leagues back today in uh, in full uh, across uh, across the way in Europe. But right now, Mark, of course, you're in Atlanta. I'm a Mets fan. The Mets right now leading the first of two today at City Field. This is in the games three and four of a five-game set. Mets won on Thursday. Braves bounced back, winning 9-5 yesterday hammering Taiwan Walker for eight runs in one plus. But right now, David Peterson, five shutout innings and three runs so far standing up for the Mets, leading three, nothing live total six and a half right now. Yeah. Jake Odorizzi making his first start in a Braves uniform since being acquired at the deadline. But this is kind of the one thing I've talked to people in Atlanta about with the Braves all year long. You know, this was a team in a lineup that was constructed to mash their way through 162 games, right? 
Like this was a lineup from the beginning of the year, the way Alex Anthopoulos, the GM of the Braves, put it together. They hit a lot of home runs and score a lot of runs. And the question was, after that big 14-game win streak that got them back in it, right, that put them back in contention in the NL East, you know, they did it against the Rockies and the Pirates and the Nationals and, you know, were beating up the dregs of Major League Baseball. You know, and you wonder how they were going to do it against the good teams. Well, you know, the Mets have great pitching, uh, and that tends to neutralize great hitting. But the Braves are an experienced team. So, you know, this is a good litmus test. And then actually, another 10 days from now, Jeff, they're going to face the Mets mm-hmm. for four games and the Houston Astros for three. And to me, I tell Braves fans, your mindset is that's a seven-game playoff series. If you win four out of those seven games, you feel good about going into the postseason. If you don't, then I start to worry about what's it going to be like facing the Mets or the Padres. Because remember, here's the rub of the new playoff format. The consolation prize for the loser of the NL East is a first-round matchup with the San Diego Padres. That's not going to be fun for anybody. Well, not only that, Mark, the consolation prize even for getting through a best of three against San Diego. Oh, your reward for having a third best record in the NL is a five-game series against the Dodgers. That's the right. one thing with so, this NL, with, with this NL, with the new format, especially in the NL, more than the AL, I would say is the two seed is a really good spot to be yeah. for whoever ends up winning the NL East. Baseball botched that that oh, whole yeah. thing. Like, I, I don't understand why you're just not reseeding. This is really simple. Like, there's not a playoff format out there that can justify, at this point in time, not reseeding through the playoffs to make sure the highest-seeded team plays the lowest-seeded team. It, it's really not that hard of a thing to accomplish anymore. No, 100%. I mean, it's it, it's done in the NFL. They've only only done it for the last, uh, well, they're basically in their entire existence. So uh, you, you, you would have expected them to be able to find a way in baseball. But again, baseball makes everything harder, Mark. So <laughs> that's uh, why we're getting what we're getting. Again, a Padres-Braves. Best of three would really be a heavy-duty wild-card series, assuming that we get that, even though Odorizzi right now uh, looks like the trainer might be coming out to visit Odorizzi right now as he's stretching out that right leg. Again, Mets leading 3-0, bottom five there. Late game tonight, Scherzer and Freed. Big-time pitching matchup we saw in Atlanta last month that Scherzer got the better of Freed. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, Mark, let's uh, let's go to some NFL headlines from the week. And really, the... The biggest story that doesn't feel like it's being covered as a potentially big story is this weird thing out of L.A. with the defending Super Bowl champs and their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, dealing with what Sean McVay called a uh, a baseball pitcher's like elbow injury, being technically diagnosed as t- elbow tendonitis. Ian Rappaport reporting that it's bad tendonitis or thrower's elbow we saw the line on the opening game of the year. Buffalo at the Rams move from Buffalo one to as high as Buffalo two and a half in the market here. Mark, this feels like this is one of those stories that all of a sudden, if this doesn't resolve itself in the next few weeks, could be really ginormous in a month's time. Yeah, I mean, get on your Cardinals and uh, 49ers futures right now, why don't you? Uh, While well, the numbers are still where they are. Uh, and... and- Here's the thing, you know, there have been quarterbacks before who have actually played with a torn UCL, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like baseball. It's not as debilitating an injury. It needs to be fixed, obviously, at some point in time, but it's not as debilitating as it is for a major league baseball pitcher. There are quarterbacks who have done it before, waited it out till a season and then got surgery in the offseason and and they were fine. So it, it, it sounds like it's something that they think he can play through to a certain extent. Um, and if the Rams don't have Matt Stafford, you know, this is a situation where they'll probably be as good as they were with Jared Goff, which is still probably going to be a playoff team. It's just not a Super Bowl team. Um, whoever the backup is, and be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't even take a look at who the backup is. It's John, Wal- it's John Walford. That's right, John. Yeah, that, yeah. That's from the, uh, from the AAF, that John Walford, right? <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. I called games to the AAF. I remember calling as soon as you said it, it hit me. Uh, so, yeah, I remember watching him play. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of what their ceiling is. They can win 9, 10 games and make the playoffs with anybody other than Stafford. But Stafford clearly is the key uh, to them winning a Super Bowl. They have enough weapons, and particularly the defense. And the defense wasn't even that good last year. The two-year-ago defense, before they got Matt Stafford, if that one's back to form, this will be a playoff team still. Uh, It's just a question of what Stafford's timeline is. Now, if I was looking at Stafford props for the year, I might hit a lot of pause right now. If I've already made that bet, I'd probably be a little bit sweating because, you know, if he's only going to play 12 games or 13 games or whatever it is, you're going to have a hard time hitting those numbers across the board. He would have to do something super phenomenal 
uh, and set a pace that not many have ever seen before to be able to hit some of those those passing yards and touchdown props because that's they're, they're already sky high as it is. Right, and and you look right now on your screen if you're watching us at home on vcin.com, the Ram win total still sitting at 10 and a half. They're still the division favorites, as they should be until uh, until we learn more about this injury for Stafford at plus 120. You're right, Mark. If Stafford is not 100%, the Rams are, all right, they could still make the playoffs. That seven seed in the NFC is more than likely going to be won by a weak team. And the Rams, even if Stafford were to miss a month, still should be able to be in the top six, even not even needing that extra wild card. But really the question comes to if Stafford plays through the pain. And remember, Matthew Stafford has played through a ton of injuries through his career. He doesn't really miss time. He plays through injuries. We saw it even a year ago when he got hurt and played through that thumb injury that he had last year for the Rams. The question would be then, who who do you look at in the NFC West? The Seahawks are the worst they've been in a decade, over a decade now. The Cardinals, I don't fully trust still, and Kyler Murray still scares me health-wise. And then San Francisco seems like the most logical choice, trotting out a guy who... The small sample size we have seen, the two starts for Lance, wing T offense in game one, and really only one competent half against one of the football's worst in Houston last year. I mean, the 49ers edge obviously is in their running game, right? I mean, that's that's what they have over everybody else that's so dynamic that would probably give them a nod. But in reality, Jeff, like go across each division in the NFC. We know the Packers are going to be a good team. Mm -hmm. We know the Buccaneers are going to be a good team in the South. And we know that, let's just say for argument's sake, the Rams are the best team in the West. If you go like to the next level, coin flip in the East, right? Let's just, let's for argument's sake, say it's yeah, Dallas. Sure. If the second best team is the Eagles, maybe Washington, those are teams that look like they're going to be floating in that nine and eight range. Um, the Vikings, a huge question mark. Super talented, especially on offense, super talented on defense. New coach, are they nine and eight or are they, you know, 12 and five? And then you, you, nobody in the South is going to be competitive other than Tampa Bay. I won't trust New Orleans at all. So I'm not going to put any money or any eggs in that basket. And then again, you mentioned uh, a team like Arizona. Their head coach is a putz, and he's going to continue <laughs> to hold that team back uh, for years to come. He, he's going, look, if they don't make the playoffs this year or they get one and done, he should be fired. Like, and I am not a fire the coach, fire the manager guy. Uh, maybe in my old age, I'm starting to get that way. But I've bet on enough Cardinals games and watched Cliff Kingsbury co closely enough to watch him just butcher and absolutely be in a maniacal manner, destroy leads that he has in games and and game plan awful. I'll never forget. It was two years ago. I think it was a game toward the end of the year, December. They were playing Nick Mullins in San Francisco mm -hmm. and they were playing like three and a half on the road. And they got blown out by like 30 points or 20 points, whatever it was to Nick freaking Mullins because he doesn't prepare his team well. And that's his problem. That's why I can't trust the Cardinals. But I think they have the talent more than anybody else like the Rams to probably be the second or third best team in this league. Yeah, look, the, the you just went through it in, in, in a whole way. With the extra playoff team now with seven in each league, you're more than likely ending up with one mediocre team per conference, maybe even yeah. two mediocre teams per conference. Plenty more to get to in the National Football League. But coming up next, the MLB trade in line is coming past. Who won? Who lost? Who do we like to bet a little bit more now in futures markets based off the moves that were made at the deadline? We continue on Betting Across America here on VEASAN. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And it is betting across America here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Mark Zeno with us for the next three hours. Mike Piranio is going to be joining us, as he always does, on this show at about 30 minutes from now, getting the perspective from behind the book at BetMGM. Mark, uh, a little bit of baseball talk before we get into football. By the way, just so we know, three Saturdays from now, we will be fully ready to be discussing and enjoying Northwestern and Nebraska playing football in Ireland, as we all have it drawn up, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I thought my my college football season was going to kick off. So, yeah, nonetheless, look, we get college football back. I mean, look, Pat Fitzgerald, the coach of Northwestern, he's got to be Irish, right? So it works I'd out. I'd say for him. so. <laughs> I, would, I think that's a I think that's a pretty pretty good uh, guess there on that one, Mark. But uh, let, yeah, let's. Well, the paints and what we'll call it a day. <laughs> hey, look, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, it would be also good for Nebraska to be on brand and lose a game to a team they're better than out of the country, no less, to begin their 2022 <laughs> season. In two countries. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, uh, we'll, we'll do some baseball here, uh, and we'll, we'll get more NFL talk throughout this hour for sure. Trade deadline, as we know, Juan Soto, the big piece that gets dealt, arguably the biggest package ever going back to Washington. Again, we have no idea what those prospects will turn into, but Soto goes to San Diego along with Brandon Drury going there as well. And Josh Hader, one of the moves that surprised some of the deadline, Milwaukee trading their closer with another year of control after this year, while smack dab in the middle of a division race, trading Hader to San Diego. Really again, Mark, I'll ask you this from the betting perspective. With everything the Padres did, we saw their odds shrink from as high as 22 to 1 10 days before the deadline, all the way down to as low as 9 to 1 in some spots, mostly 10 to 1 right now. Did anything the Padres did trigger a bet for you for this season? No, because it feels like an overcorrection in the market uh, just because of the name value, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that happens all the time because the public is drawn towards big names. Look, I'm not saying the Padres didn't get better, but what has to happen is exactly what happened in the NL East, except it happened in June when no one's really stressing, right? Um, The Braves won 14 in a row, and the Mets played, you know, about, what, two or three games under 500 in that span, which will happen over the course of a week or two in baseball. happens all the time. Um, It doesn't, you don't want it to happen in August and September, but that's how the Braves did it. 10, 12 game winning streak in their back pocket, which again is incredibly tough because you need a ton of pitching to be able to do that. And the Dodgers start playing bad baseball. They're not going to catch them. So yes, will they make the playoffs? Sure. But as you said, let's look at the the gauntlet that the Padres mm-hmm. are going to have to go through if they don't win the NL West. They'll get the Mets or the Braves in round one. Then they'll get the, the, the Dodgers in round two. And then whoever else is coming out of the central and the other side of the bracket uh, in 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 the NLCS. It's it's not a fun trip. So I don't know that even though they got better, that they're going to be good enough to be able to do it because ultimately what this boils down to is will Judd Musgrove be what he is all season long in the playoffs? Will you Darvish return to form in the postseason? If they can't get high level pitching, as we've seen over and over and again, the hitting doesn't matter because great pitching in the postseason neutralizes great hitting. It's just the way it goes. No, a hundred percent, Mark. And, and again, the gauntlet in order to win a nine to one bet right now. And this, again, I don't, 
I know people don't bet the rollover of the, the rollover method. That just right. people just don't do that. People want to just bet it and forget it when they're betting futures. But San Diego series prices throughout the postseason, if they were to be the five seed, it'd be a dog against Atlanta, be a dog against the Dodgers. If it's the Mets in the NLCS, they would be a dog against the Mets. And then if it's the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees, they would be a dog yet again. You would be able to keep betting them as a dog all postseason long if you really like them. Don't bet them right now, especially right. when you had a chance. Again, it's a different team right now than it was 10 days ago, even though you had a chance at 22 to 1 then. But just wait. Be patient. You'll have your opportunities in uh, in just round-by-round round play of betting the Padres. Other, one other move that really did move the needle for me, Mark, uh, Elise Castillo going to Seattle. At least that what that does for me is it gives Seattle an opportunity where if they get through, let's say they get the five, they beat Toronto, and they draw the Yankees in a best of five, they at least now have two potential, if Robbie Ray is right, potentially two frontline starters that at least could make that series interesting and could trigger a bet if the price is right in a best of five against the Yankees in a division series. Yeah, and, and why does Seattle feel like the lovable losers of Major League Baseball? It's like, yeah. I have to see them do it to believe that they're going to do it. Yeah, It's just one of those things where they don't inspire a lot of confidence. Regardless, it's like betting on the Minnesota Twins, for crying out loud. You know, like, it, 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 Kirby Puckett ain't showing up anytime soon. May he rest in peace. But, you know, other than that, it, it, they're just a team that makes the playoffs and then gets bounced in the first round. Because it, they, it, does, it doesn't seem like they have the studs and the horses to be able to make a full playoff run. Now, again, things could be entirely different. Obviously, they got the pitching. Um, now that, they, you know, you add Castillo along with Robbie Ray and the host of others that they got. But the real question is, is do they have enough hitting? And I know I just said good pitching beats good hitting in the playoffs, but you got to score something. Mm -hmm. um, is this a Seattle team that you believe is going to be able to get clutch base hits when they do it? I mean, you ask the average better, who's the three and four hole hitters for the Mariners? They got no idea. I mean, they're just... It, it's not a bet that's going to draw a lot of public uh, attention, which is maybe why you should bet it in that aspect, <laughs> because it's uh, flying under the radar a little bit. But still, I, I I have limited confidence in the Mariners as far as a postseason you know run is concerned. Although they, they probably made the best improvement at the deadline. Mark, how did you like what the Yankees did? I'm still trying to process the Jordan Montgomery move. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, I would have rather rather see them dump James Tyone because Tyone, you know, it, it, he's like a, a you know just keep putting quarters in him and money keeps coming out, runs keep coming out, like it's it's ridiculous. He's like a, a gumball machine except runs. He just stinks. <laughs> and so um, I, I don't know that necessarily they're going to get a lot of dividends from this. But ultimately, you know, as I said, as a Yankee fan, I said there are two outcomes for the Yankees this year, Jeff, and both of them make me smile. One is they win 110 games and they win the World Series. The other is they win 110 games, don't win the World Series, and Aaron Boone gets fired. So um, both outcomes will put a smile on my face at the end of the season one way or another. But this is just a team right now. The Yankees still feel like they have more holes, despite the fact that they have the best record in baseball, uh, and they don't have a lot of answers for it. You know, you begin to start to look at this bullpen and what it's going through and where it is. You know, the starting rotation, what led them to play 700 baseball through the middle of June Jeff, was simply the fact that the highest starter ERA through the middle of June was Garrett Cole. He was the only starter with a above three ERA through the month of June. Nesta Cortez has come back down to earth. Teams have seemed to figure him out a little bit. Obviously, again, Jordan Montgomery is now gone. Tyone, you know, stinks. And and what are we getting from German or, or Severino who's out there? There's just so much uncertainty with this team. And yet you got a guy like Aaron Judge, who, oh, by the way, it doesn't win the MVP. It's the biggest travesty in my adult lifetime when it comes to any award voting whatsoever. So over the show, hey, Otani Love, it's not even funny. Uh, I've never, I, I don't get the math of a guy who's like just an average hitter and like an above average pitcher equaling to an MVP. That, that makes no sense to me, but that's a whole different conversation. But so much attention is put on Judge that, and a guy keeps hitting home runs that it's like, okay, well, the Yankees are going to be good because they're the Yankees. I think if you look at the games that they play and you watch where they play, there's, there's some holes there. They can be beaten. The Astros are certainly better than they are. And the Blue Jays, as a Yankee fan, scare the hell out of me. I don't want to face that team in October. The Blue Jays kind of have that same thing going that you mentioned with the Mariners, though. They they, they need to show me first before trusting yeah. them in, in any sort of playoff spot. I, I'm with you on everything you said with the starting pitching for the Yankees because that 
what we saw during that 700 stretch until the end of June was, as we know, not sustainable. Not sustainable for what it was, other than Cole, who you would have expected actually to come back to earth in a positive way. And you look at the way that the deadline went, that Montgomery trade was illogical to me. It was the weirdest trade, and it's so weird, and it kind of looks at it from both perspectives, too, because uh, a friend of mine hosts radio in, in St. Louis, Mark, and I texted him, this trade makes no sense for the Yankees. And from the St. Louis perspective, it's like, why did the Cardinals do this for trade a guy who, when he's healthy, is a legitimate potential gold glove center fielder for a guy who, at least the perception outside of New York, is a number five starter? I think Jordan Montgomery, though, for what the Yankees needed, was a guy who, rubber arm, even though he struggled against better teams, still to me is a pretty reasonable guy that's going to give you four or five innings in a in a postseason start, get you into that great bullpen that has been struggling recently. But that trade really just made absolutely no sense. Oh, and by the way, Bader made on his speed, outward pointer fasciitis, good luck with that. You're right. And by the way, I think one of the more underrated moves at the deadline was Trey Mancini by the Astros. Great move. This is a legitimate home run threat that can play every day, that gives pop to a lineup that needs it. Look, the Houston Astros are the number one under team in Major League Baseball this year. That's how they win games. They don't let anybody score, and they don't score a ton. But you add a guy like Mancini in that lineup, that all of a sudden goes from like, you know, four game to like almost five runs a game with that kind of bat in the lineup. So uh, they have become incredibly dangerous in a team that nobody should want to face. And I think the Astros are really out to prove that the the, the trash can year, the cheating year was was uh, not a thing. Mancini with a grand slam last night, three homers in less than a week already <laughs> as a Houston Astro. We're going to the NFL next. Some preseason discussion and week one. Hey, it's almost a month away. What are Mark and I looking at already in week one? That's next. Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football betting guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles on every team, including trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total best bets, I should say, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to access this year's betting guide is to become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. So sign up early, and for a discount at $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, pro football betting guide coming later this month, along with full VEASAN access all the way through this year, this upcoming Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything we have to offer here at VEASAN to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of VEASAN, the sports betting network. Happy to be with you on a Saturday afternoon. I'm Jeff Parles here in Vegas. Mark Zinno in Atlanta. Happy to be with you on betting across America. Quick update. It is still 3-0 in Queens. Both starters out of the game now. David Peterson, five and a third shutout ball. Seth Lugo got the final two outs of the sixth. Matzik in right now already in his, uh, well, it's still his first inning of relief. Odorizzi out after five. So Atlanta th- uh, trailing the Mets three to nothing. The Mets looking to take the first uh, two out of the first three in that series at City Field. The battle of the Maxes tonight. Freed and Scherzer going to get going close to seven o'clock Eastern time at City Field. Mark, NFL-wise, we yeah. saw the, the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. It was it was vintage Hall of Fame game quality. I would say the offense was a little bit better than you would you would have expected. Also, uh Josh Jacobs, okay, sure. Why not? Seeing him <laughs> to start the game for the Las Vegas Raiders, but in fold this upcoming week and looking at preseason betting, the trend that is always brought up on this network, as always is that John Harbaugh dominates the preseason. He's the best coach in the NFL against the preseason since 2005, 36-15-1 against the number. Second best since 05, Pete Carroll, 26-16-1, and and then a smaller sample size on McDermott and Reich at 10-4-1 for McDermott and 7-3-1 against the number for Frank Reich. Mark, just preseason betting-wise, I don't do it a lot. The numbers are now baked in with how good or bad some of these guys are against the numbers. You see, if you're watching us on vcin.com, that Andy Reid 
has the worst record against the spread uh, since uh, since 2005 in the preseason at 31, 36, and 1. Mark, do you take any of these and make bets in the preseason because of it? And how much do you actually bet the preseason? Not often, but I was getting an itch on the Hall of Fame game, so I scratched. But let's look at the four coaches, the top two best and the top two worst. Mm-hmm. And let's break this down here with with some information that may get you some clarity as to why they are what they are. Okay, number one, those four coaches are the long, four longest tenured coaches in the NFL right now. That's why it, John Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. and I know Andy Reid, you know, obviously had a little, you know, a break in in service, so to speak, from Philadelphia to Kansas City. But nonetheless, right, those are the the oldest coaches or tenured head coaches in the league. Bill Belichick has told you from day one, he has never cared about the preseason, never does, and plays his starters a single, absolute single, uh, you know, series and gets them out of there because it doesn't matter to him. And he knows that what he's looking for is guys who make individual plays and everything else. He doesn't care about the totality of what happens on offense or defense. So that's part of the reason why he's the worst. Andy Reid is the same thing. Does a quick install, gets the heck out of Dodge and doesn't even bother paying attention for the other three and a half quarters. And he doesn't care. Those are why those guys are bad. John Harbaugh simply is the best prepared coach in the National Football League. Go back and find me a Ravens game when you could say they were outcoached and they were ill-prepared the entire time. I covered the Ravens in Baltimore for 10 years when I lived there. Uh, From the beginning of John Harbaugh's tenure, watched them win a Super Bowl. You never see John Harbaugh not prepared for a football game. That's why his team is so good in the preseason, because every detail is gone through with a fine-tooth comb down to the 90th man at training camp, and everybody understands it. And he creates an environment around that everybody has got to fight for something. And every guy goes out there and does it for four quarters during a preseason game. That's why he's so good. That's why this trend sticks. It's not luck. It's not coincidence. The, the coach backs it up. Um, and, and the same thing with Carroll. You know, Carroll has always been a very, um, or at least earlier in his career, you know, I've kind of soured on Pete Carroll, full disclosure, mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of years, just watching kind of him butcher uh, the final Russell Wilson years after winning a Super Bowl. But I really think that was part of what you know, uh, was a little bit of their downfall was actually them winning. I think Carol Cote sort of took a little bit of a different mentality once he got to the top of the mountain. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, these are guys that that have a system that has worked and has made them successful for years and they stick to it. The other guys just don't have a big enough sample size. McDermott and Reich. And, and, and I mean, Lovey Smith to a certain extent. Yeah, because he was a coach for a long time in Chicago. Uh, but Matt LaFleur is no, no real trend that you can stick to. So the only thing I'll look to preseason to sometimes and this gets a little bit sketchy, but his first half totals. As you get into the second and third preseason game, where you start to get a little more certainty about how much starters are going to play and how much they they are going to showcase of what to do. Remember, nobody writes a game plan for a preseason game. They just don't. They may script five or seven plays, and that's about it. But beyond that, there's no game plan. They're not looking at the opposing team's tape to figure out what they do. They're worried about their own stuff. So I would look to a first half under typically just because I think I could find matchups where, you know, a defense may have an advantage on an offense, or, you know, you're looking at a certain quarterback starting a game that, you know, may be playing for something. Uh, and, you know, a guy like Mitch Trubisky or whatever, let's fade Mitch Trubisky. How well does Mitch Trubisky perform under pressure? He's never been in a quarterback battle before. He's in one now, but it might not be a bad idea to fade him in his first preseason game because he might buckle under the pressure. Now, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. And the one thing, though, again, you're you're dealing with, uh, with Mike Tomlin, a, a guy who, again, guy who usually has his team pretty well prepared. Yep. Uh, so that's one of those where I would maybe tread a little carefully. But I do like your angle on that. With Trubisky, again, never has really been in that, this sort of battle. Again, Mason Rudolph somehow maybe in the mix. Kenny Pickett, we expect to see at some point this year. But but for me, preseason wise. It just, it is an information game. This is an information game. This isn't betting football. This is betting information. If you can get out in front of the information, go ahead, Mm -hmm. do it. Absolutely. If you are behind the information, and this is the biggest thing with everything, if you're behind the information and you miss the best of the number, don't force it. You have a whole whole six months of football ahead of you. Don't force bets on the preseason if you miss the best of the number because you were late to the game on getting information. Right. I'll add one more thing here. Uh, and you brought up Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, if a team is a rookie quarterback, even if they're slated to play in the second quarter, the third quarter, guess what? 
rookie quarterbacks are feast or famine, and they always mm-hmm. want to try and play their best. Doesn't matter who they're playing against. These guys have something to prove in the NFL, and they are going to play their absolute best every single time out. There's no like, you know, let me play 75%. These young quarterbacks are trying to showcase everything they have to the world. So every deep play, they're going to they're gonna look to take a shot deep. They're going to try to score more because points equal, hey, I'm good. Touchdowns equal, hey, I'm good. So uh, I, I look at that a little bit as another piece of information that I can use. If a rookie quarterback is going to play or a young quarterback is going to play, a second-year quarterback who's trying to establish themselves in this league, you're going to get their very best every single snap they take under center. Atlanta and Tennessee, other teams to look at with that for sure. You expect to see Malik Willis play a bunch for Tennessee this preseason. Desmond Ritter, you know you will see him in the preseason. We will see him at some point in the regular season as well, assuming things go as poorly as we expect for the Atlanta Falcons going into this 2022 campaign. Mark here, we we, we got about two minutes before uh, we get to our guy Mike Peranio. Week one. There is one game to me, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this uh, are. I kind of am talking myself into taking the eight now with Houston, where we could be in a scenario where it wouldn't shock me one of two things happens here. This thing gets bet down to seven and a half, and people convince themselves like me, oh, take, take a lot of points with a home team. First time uh, with Matt Ryan in a new system. We've seen Indianapolis struggle in road divisional games, especially over the last few years. Or it could go the other way where everyone jumps onto the Indianapolis bandwagon yet again, like we've seen over the last few years, and this thing pops up to eight and a half. I, I, I think Houston Houston's going to be bad this year, but Houston picking off Indy week one, even outright, wouldn't fully stun me, Mark. No, and look, I, I could probably do 20 minutes straight on Houston Texans player props, particularly Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks. Uh, there is so much to digest there. And I think they're going to be more competitive than people are going to give them credit for. Is their record going to be good? No. Are they going to be more competitive like they were towards the tail end of last year than people expect? Absolutely. I don't think you're in the wrong frame of mind at all uh, with that bet. You know, there, there's I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, and there's another number here, and it, this has already moved down more than I really wanted it to. But the Lions getting four and a half at home. When that line first posted, um, you know, that was the first game that jumped off the board to me, the Lions getting points at home. I think there's a money line play in there for the Lions to win their first game of the year outright. Lions, if they're if they're going to meet the expectations that some people are giving them, over six and a half, very popular win total over this year. Better win week one, better, week, better win week two with Philadelphia and Washington, both in your building to start the year. Mike Peranio giving us the behind the book perspective next on Betting Across America. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with the BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credit like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Bet and Jam Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the Bet MGM app. So sign up today with Bet MGM or log on to get an even bigger piece of the pie with Bet MGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. It is betting across America here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Barles, Mark Zinno alongside. We'll get my, Mike Perani a little bit later in the program. Quick update, though, before we get back to some NFL talk in Queens, Francisco Lindor, a two run double. It is now 5 0 Mets after six. Darren Ruff strikes out with two men on. Uh, but the Mets are uh, trying to close this thing out. Again, this is the third of five in this big series in New York. As Mark said, these two teams meet two weeks later for four in Atlanta. So, again, the Mets entering the day three and a half games clear of the Braves, trying to push that lead to four and a half with Max Scherzer taking on Max Fried in the nightcap of the double dip. Mark, uh, I want to continue the discussion on week one before we get to some general NFL thoughts. Was it, You mentioned the Lions and the, and the Eagles. I, I want to go into that game a little bit more because – with the way that people have bet Detroit over six and a half, where we're talking about a team that was the last team to win a game last year in the NFL. They were 313-1 last year. Is there a little bit of a hesitation with Detroit being this public darling in the offseason? And then we 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 have in the back of my mind our minds, oh yeah, they're still the Detroit Lions when this is all said and done. Well, remember last year, I think they were like two and eight in one score games. Yes, last year. they were bad in one score games. They're so bad. There has to be some natural regression to that. Um, if you're bad and you're losing games because you're bad, they're not one score games, right? If the Lions are going to be bad again, it's because they're getting blown out and things have just gone horribly wrong. And maybe Jared Goff, you know, is injured or whatever. But I would tend to think. That in one score games, you know, they lost the game on a 66 yard field goal for crying out loud. I mean, you know, <laughs> they lost the game on a last second field goal to the Vikings. Like, you know, hopefully those things aren't happening to them again. And you're banking on the fact that that sort of fluky thing won't repeat itself this year and that they'll play good enough to be able to win those games. And that should push them over the top. But it's like you said, you know, if you're a Lions backer on their over win total and you haven't bet the Lions on the money line in week one, I'm not sure what you're waiting for. <laughs> because if they lose, that's one of the winnable games on their schedule. Take advantage of a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who we don't 100% know what he is yet. Um, we've seen him have some good games. We've seen him have some stinkers, but certainly we've seen the Eagles find themselves in 21 nothing holes or, or 21-7 holes early on in games, and Jalen Hurts has to sort of run his way out of it to make it close again. But still, you know, I, I think that the public from the Lions is coming from the fact that the people are starting to realize, yeah, when you look, peel the curtain back, they were a lot more competitive last year than what you thought. And they've got a head coach who still wants to bite people's kneecaps. And that's fun <laughs> for fans to bet on. So, I mean, you know, and they're they're also going to be on hard knocks this year, uh, which I don't even watch that show anymore unless there's like a, a good personality on it. I don't think there's anybody other than Dan Campbell that I want to hear from on the Lions that said, you know, people may change some of their opinions uh, and may be more apt to bet on the Lions after watching Hard Knocks sort of get sucked into that sort of media darling frenzy, if you will. 
You, you know, that week one matchup with Philly and Detroit, it is kind of two teams that have been popular over bets this, this offseason. Now, the Eagles a little bit different because when you trade for A.J. Brown on draft night, of course your numbers are going to go up. And if we've seen the Eagles now, look, nine, nine and a half on win totals, closer to Dallas than they've been in a long time in the preseason in the NFC East. That is a fascinating matchup for, for week one period. That, that, to me, there are a lot of good matchups in this week one. That's one where we're going to learn something about one of these two teams pretty quickly to the positive, and we're going to learn something negative about one team that is a darling potentially going into the year. Look at that on your screen if you're watching us at vcin.com. The Eagles' 9.5 is now juiced all the way to minus 125 on the over on the 9.5. That, that is a lot, and Mark, you made a good point. That is a lot to ask for for your team, even though their roster seems set up to really compete with a quarterback that I definitely do not trust yet. And really last year, really had eight quarters of very good to elite play. We're, we're banking on Jalen Hurts taking a leap that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, and I think the other thing with the Lions, really, the other prop bet that I would look at, mm-hmm. because this is directly related to the success of this team in winning football games, is DeAndre Swift's rushing yards over. Mm-hmm. If they can run the ball. Uh, and he's a guy who's been hurt, you know, and that's the biggest problem for Swift. It's not a talent issue. Um, and even the, as much as the offensive line for the Lions in years has passed has been his problem, it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, and, and DeAndre Swift has been able to make plays in games that he was healthy for. If he's healthy this year and plays 15, 16, 17 games, yeah, I think that six and a half number, that seven wins is very attainable because he's going to be exactly what they need on offense to take pressure off Jared Goff and be able to get a little more trust than him. That and the fact that Dan Campbell sort of remade that defense. Now, if you get Jeff Okuda back and you have, you know, 100% of what they, and they've drafted a lot of young studs on the defensive side of the ball, I believe that Dan Campbell, despite the fact that he was a tight end and an offensive coach, probably has more of a defensive mentality when it comes to coaching. Again, biting kneecaps, you know, it's that stuff that defensive coordinators say. Not offensive coordinators. Offensive coordinators talk about, you know, timing and finesse and, you know, all these other things. And this guy's out here, you know, eating people's legs. So um, if their defense is better and their running game is better, I have less concerns about Goff. Well, the one thing with Goff is Goff is better than uh, than most quarterbacks you were you would see on three-win teams last year. Sure. And so no. I, 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 to me, when he's right, he's league average. When Jared Goff is right, he's league average. When he's bad, we've seen how bad he can be. When he's uh when he's playing poorly, as we saw uh, at times at the end in L.A. and then uh, early uh, last season, Mark, uh, we mentioned this earlier in the show. The Vegas Raiders. I think you and I are simpatico here. Where the yeah. Raiders made the playoffs last year, they were fortunate. They won close games. They obviously had the whole mess with Gruden, Gruden uh, uh, having to, to to resign mid-year. You have Rich Basaccia, a guy who. Not a head coach in the NFL. Let's face it, it was a good, nice story, but he's not an NFL head coach. You still make the playoffs. Now you have Josh McDaniels in tour two as an as an NFL head coach. A guy that I'm kind of looking at the same way as you. He's a different coach now than he was over a decade ago in Denver. And w- what the Raiders did, unlike a lot of teams that make the playoffs, when they are lucky, thinking, oh, we're good enough to make it again with that roster. Now the Raiders went out and got much better. They got Devontae Adams. They get Chandler Jones to compliment Max Crosby on that pass rush. This Raider team is really good. I don't care that they're in the best division on paper going into a season that I can remember in the AFC West. But I like over 8.5, and and I love plus 180 or better if you can get better. There are some numbers better than that out there to make the postseason for a second consecutive year. Yeah, again, I, I had him last year at plus 370. I remember last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars before last season had shorter odds to make the playoffs than the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's a massive amount of disrespect for the most underrated and underappreciated quarterback in the league in Derek Carr, who, oh, by the way, will absolutely finish in the top five in MVP voting this year. If he's healthy and plays all 17 games, that is a guy that will be in the top five in MVP voting last this year. He has to be. Look, and John... Uh, John Gruden, Josh McDaniels had plenty of other coaching offers out there over the last 10 years, and somebody would have hired him. In fact, he was set to go to Indianapolis, and we know what happened. But he waited for the perfect, and I mean the perfect opportunity to take a franchise over. 
because look what he is inheriting on the offensive side of the ball. A very good, if not great quarterback in Derek Carr, a solid running back, top three tight end, catching tight end in the league, and now the best receiver in the NFL. Oh, by the way, to go with an above average offensive line. He has carte blanche on the offensive side of the ball. This will be a top five offense. Derek Carr is going to throw 35 touchdowns. He's going way over his passing yard total. He's easily throwing for 4,500 yards this year. The only thing stopping the Las Vegas Raiders this year is that defense. It still needs to get a little bit better. You talked about the additions that they made, but still the biggest problem with the Raiders has been their secondary. Mm -hmm. If they can fix it, if they can make some sort of measured improvement there, this is a team, and I'll say it now, that absolutely can win that division. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all, Mark. And it, it kind of feels like when we're looking at AFC West handicapping, you're either you're expecting the Chiefs and the Chargers to be playoff teams. Most people are. But then there's the pro Raider faction, which we are in, and the pro Bronco faction, which I am not. And I think the Broncos may be one of the bigger disappointments this year. More NFL talk coming your way as we roll along. Betting across America here on Visa. 1-800-GAMBLER Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.